Welcome back to Flop Stars, the podcast where we look at projects by our favorite pop stars that underperformed on the charts but found a home with a cult group of fans. I'm Sam Murphy, the editor of The Interns, and I'm joined, as always, by Project U's Nick Kelly to delve deep into a misunderstood project. This week, we're throwing it back to Gwen Stefani's second solo record, The Sweet Escape. Her debut, Love Angel Music Baby, was a breakthrough, casting her from no doubt to mainstream solo success with relative ease. She never intended to do another one, but the creative juices were flowing enough to make a second. The Sweet Escape was an even odder record that couldn't match the chart success of its predecessor, but drew plenty of attention regardless. Good morning, Nicholas. How are you this morning? Sam, it's so wonderful to be here. I'm so excited to dive into this album. Um, I sent you a little bit of a foreshadowing message uh, yesterday when observing this this particular record. Um, and what did it say? It, it, what, do you remember what the message said? <laughs> I can pull it up. It was along the lines of... <laughs> Wait, why can't I? You said, Sam, this album, next message, is so bad. Next Correct. message, oh my God, followed <laughs> by three coffin emojis. <laughs> so, so if you I, haven't already guessed. <laughs> normally we, we, we find, and, and all we will, find the positives in our flop star albums and find their redeeming qualities and why they are a success in our hearts but maybe not so on the charts and i will endeavor to do so with this podcast but we need to go without further ado we're doing uh beyonce's lemonade (laughs) (laughs) we we wouldn't dare we wouldn't dare we wouldn't do that could i give you some some background on my history with gwen stefani though before we dive into um, the Sweet Escape. She Absolutely. was the, the the first single I ever bought, ever was what you yeah, wait, was too. what you waiting for. Me too. I think we've had and this I chat. Stuck it on my wall with blue tack. <laughs> what the what the the plastic CD? Actually cover? stuck the single CD on my wall next to the aria chart that said number one Gwen Stefani. <laughs> what you waiting for? Wait, did you put out the aria a little chart? chart shrine? Oh my. For Gwen Stefani. That's so good. So this is the weird thing. I expected this to be like a really positive, exciting dive into into this album. But compared to Love Angel Music Baby, the precursor to it, um, this this doesn't stand up. It doesn't stand up is the short answer of it. But there was a lot of kind of talk about Gwen at the time and Love Angel Music Baby did resonate quite a lot and and she was a yeah. huge superstar as a solo artist after a time with no doubt um what what was it do you reckon about love angel music baby that made folks resonate with gwen you know what i think is is interesting going back today um this is like pre-gaga pre-nikki mm. pre-katie pre all the really odd um pop stars and obviously pop had been odd in the past like People like Bjork and Kate Bush would obviously argue that it had been, and even Madonna as well. But at this like superstar level, it was crazy to have this um, artist coming out of what was essentially like a pop ska punk band um, yeah. and diving into the pop world with 
just some of the oddest things you would have been hearing at the time. And not only that, she had this entire aesthetic that was bonkers as well and um, riddled with cultural appropriation, which she actually stripped for The Sweet Escape. So that might be where The Sweet Escape gets a point over Love Angel (laughs) Music Baby. But yeah, I think it was just that shock of having someone not trying to please the charts, literally just trying to be as odd as they possibly could and succeeding at the same time. You've got to respect it. You've definitely got to respect her, um, the audacity of doing that. And I think that can only come from someone who has been in the music industry for a long time. Obviously, she had years with no doubt, um, you know, at the top of the charts and, and making a completely different type of music. So it was quite a daring move for her to go into this sort of pop R&B kind of crossover space um, and then to take that to a whole other level with The Sweet Escape. Yeah. And um, I guess we should go back on the, the background of what The Sweet Escape mm. actually was after Love Angel Music Baby because... Um, They finished up that project. She worked heavily on it with Pharrell and the Neptunes, which to my knowledge is their first real foray into mainstream pop. I know they've done Khalees and people like that in the past, which was quite R&B heavy, but this felt like the first time they were really working with a major pop star. Um, Obviously hit it off. They kind of like owned that odd sonic space for a while and Pharrell... And Gwen had a few songs left over after it and they didn't fit on Love Angel Music Baby, but they were, they both felt like they needed a home eventually. Gwen had no um, interest in doing another album. She always saw Love Angel Music Baby as a singular experiment. Um, But they, she flew down to Miami to meet with Pharrell and they just hit it off again, started working on stuff, um, hit on Wind It Up, which apparently really excited them at the time. <laughs> and <laughs> and of all the songs. after that, she ended up having a kid, um, which put the, put the project on ice for a bit. But she came back. That's when she met up with Akon and started bringing a few other people in, including her, um, her no doubt bandmate who produced a few of the songs as well. And suddenly she figured out she had an, had an album in her. Wow. Interesting. Very a, interesting that she history. decided that she had an album in her with this. Because to yeah, me... Yeah, it wasn't intentional. The NME review of this, Bargain Bin Fodder, definitely uh, rings a bell for me with this one. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at some of the... Because we, we do a bit of background. Well, you do a bit of background. You pull all the stats together and then I just jump in this call five minutes beforehand and read over it. Um, Pitchfork praised her for taking risks on the record. Um, and they rated yeah. it higher than Love Angel Music Baby. So quite considerably higher as well. Yeah. So critically. And it, it wasn't, wasn't the only one. There was a bit of critical kind of I don't want to say acclaim, but it was it certainly wasn't all doom <laughs> Look, and gloom. It didn't for win a Grammy. Time. Or maybe it did win a Grammy, who knows? <laughs> best best cover art direction or something like that. Do you reckon this album needed to exist? So you haven't actually asked me what I think about this album. I'm too scared After you to. messaged me that, I don't think I remembered it very well. I thought I did, but I don't think I did at all. Obviously, yep. I remembered Wind It Up, um, The Sweet Escape, and Four in the Morning, I remember very well. Yep. However, I went back today and I actually bloody loved it. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> there were, I, the end was 
quite dull, I thought, um, the last few songs. But I don't, I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and some of the lyrics are just, like, horrendous on another level. And I don't think, like, the kind of interpolations of hip-hop are misguided at points. But I don't know if it's because I've been, like... So I was listening to um, the new Katy Perry album or, like, I, I just feel like pop has been particularly dull over the last few months and there was something about it that gave me a kick and I don't know what it... Like, Yummy, um, Now That You Got It, things like that. Even Wind It Up, I found myself, like, quite enjoying. So it might just be the space that I'm in right now, but it felt kind of bonkers to the point of exciting. Wow. It's definitely got a couple of moments that, again, I had forgotten. I went into this album thinking I only knew The Sweet Escape and Four in the Morning. And then I remembered that yeah. I knew now that you got it. I remembered Early Winter. I could sing along to it again straight away. So I remember... Yeah, Early were, Winter's another one I remembered. Early Winter is the standout for me on this. I know we'll go into some of the yeah. more redeeming qualities later in the show. But um, yeah. there definitely were some, some moments I liked. But yeah, do you, do you think... I suppose, do you think this album adds a really big thing to Gwen Stefani's discography and to Gwen Stefani's overall kind of music journey? Because she's been doing music for 30 plus years now. Do you think she, do you think this was a really critical album in her journey? I mean, if you consider it in the context of her entire career, including No Doubt, I would say no. Um, However, if I considered it, singularly in Gwen Stefani's career. Yeah. I would I would probably say yes. Um well obviously like The Sweet Escape is is a huge record. Mm. Um and I think probably one of her most successful behind like What You're Waiting For in Hollaback Girl. Um at, but then like 4 in the Morning is one of I actually thought that was on Love Angel Music Baby because to me that's like one of her best in my mind. Yeah. Um of being a bit of a, a stan of the Gwen 80s ballads, like Cool and the like. Oh, isn't um, Cool just her best Cool song is just excellent. Ever. So good. So good. Like, um, so, yeah, I think, yes, it did add something, but only now because she's gotten so um, vanilla that <laughs> that stands out as a particularly exciting time in her life. And she, and she toured the record as well quite extensively. Um so at the time, I think it was a big deal. And I remember thinking that Gwen Stefani was a very exciting pop star at the time. Mm. But I think, yeah, you're right. Looking back on it now, there's not many people talking about The Sweet Escape, particularly not over Love Angel Music Baby. Yeah. Unless it's on a show like Flop Stars. <laughs> With the benefit of hindsight. Which is why we should win a Walkley. I agree. A Pulitzer for investigative journalism. I think as well, the, the ability to tour this album extensively probably had some kind of afterglow from um, Love Angel yeah. Music Baby on it as well. Um, and I think even potentially the record's success as a whole at the time possibly had a bit of that afterglow effect as well. Because yeah. you, you're right, when you mention something like Four in the Morning, you do still kind of consider that to be that... That lamb. I'm going to. I'm going to now abbreviate Love Angel Music Baby. I'm going to abbreviate it to Lamb now to make it easier going forward. Yeah, Um, let's do that. (laughs) And I think. I think, you know, there was definitely a bit of an afterglow effect from Lamb and a a sort of 
the, they, the, some of the songs kind of homogenized into one overall kind of Gwen Stefani aesthetic. And I don't think she was particularly, you know, an album by album kind of artist. Um, she was quite consistent in that kind, that part of the noughties um, with releasing yeah. music. So I, I, I think, yeah, overall, Gwen Stefani as a pop star in the noughties, when you don't really consider, you know, the, the album tracks on this album, um, definitely yeah. was, was one of the more exciting pop stars at the time for sure. And what's what's interesting too is like obviously this had moderate chart success. Wind it up, which is the um, lead single off their album, and uses a Sound of Music sample, and it is just one of the most ridiculous pop songs you would have ever heard. It's, I mean, if that was released as the lead single from Lamb, it wouldn't have done anything. But I think what we found in doing Flop Stars is you kind of write off the success of your last project and you, you saw it like with the success of Applause, for example, off Art Pop. That did well because Born This Way had done so well. I even think with Selena this year, like um, Lose You To Love Me did so instantly well because her last album was so good and people had this kind of anticipation. So I think when you're like diving off like that, off a great project, you've already got such a head start. Um, a different story if you're diving off from a record like Witness, but <laughs> that's that's for another time. I think that is um, for another time. So I think that kind of already generated excitement. What's wild to me is that she went with Wind It Up first and not with The Sweet Escape, which is clearly the more commercial single. Yeah, and clearly resonated with her strongly because she ended up calling the bloody album The Sweet Escape. Um, yeah. And obviously represented something bigger than just being a song. Um, and it also slaps. There's also that part of it. Um, yeah. Wind It Up is a phenomenal concept. <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely absurd. It's wild. It opens I'm it up. I'm trying to think of one way. other pop star who's released <coughs> a lead single off a major album that's quite so so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there is one if I can. I'm racking my brain. I can't think of one. I'll come. I'll come back. We'll I'll find, find one. one. We'll find there one. will be one. There'll be somebody. It's like on the tip of my tongue, but anyway, doesn't matter. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. I give her absolute props for pushing it so far, and I, I, everything I was reading today about it were people saying that you didn't have an artist who was so commercial at this time, who was willing to take the risks that she was willing to take. And I think coming from a band who obviously did had quite a few pop hits, but by and large, they were an alternative band. Yeah. She obviously already had that mindset where it wasn't all about what the lead single was. It was about the project at large and it was about doing what you actually wanted to do. So I think Gwen coming from that band really like change the game for her, I think. Absolutely. It's hard to find another example of, of a, a pop act coming out of a rock, an essentially rock band um, yeah. and, and moving into the space with such independence and such individuality. Um, yeah. I think, you know, if you were to step away from a band, particularly if you look at the men who've done it, um, you know, they, they sort of, I'm, I'm just thinking, for example, someone like JT moving out of NSYNC. Yeah. Um, you know, was making quite similar music to what NSYNC were making re- realistically. And it wasn't yeah. too much of a, too much of a left field choice. Whereas Gwen comes out of 
a rock band and starts making, you know, weird R&B pop crossover stuff. Yeah, she was, she was a different person, like, to what she totally. was, no doubt. And No Doubt was definitely odd, but it was odd in a different way. It was odd in the way that it, like, dipped into Scar and um, punk and pop punk and stuff like that. And she yeah. had that very, like, alternative high school kid vibe to her. But this was, like, high fashion meets postmodern Yoko Ono meets, like, bloody... I don't know, little Kim meets. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a melting pot of everything. It was. And there's no doubt that uh, people who uh, didn't like Gwen Stefani... Oh, that was accidental. Very good, very wow. good. I like that. that. I'm a natural. Excuse the pun. Broadcaster. Um, there's no doubt that the people who didn't like Gwen Stefani in the 2000s were absolutely driven up a tree by her because... There was nothing quiet about what she was doing. No. You could not ignore it. She was inescapable. And you couldn't ignore Love Angel Music Baby, but even more so this one. If you're already annoyed by her then, this turned the, turn the, la- turn the um, notch up to 10. Exactly. The Sweet Escape was everywhere. The single itself um, was yeah. an absolute like, world-beating smash. Um, I remember at the time it just being on the radio constantly, and it still is. It's still a massive... Yeah, um, you know, staple radio. Well, I was song looking at Australia. the streams. I think it was number two under Hollaback Girl. That's amazing. So, yeah, but um, I think personally, it doesn't sound like anything else that's on the album. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I would say I would suggest that. I would say that it's definitely yeah. one of the more sort of bombastic songs on the album as well. And I think the Sweet Escape yeah. often delves into this sort of um, you know gentle kind of R and B pop sort of ballad territory in a lot of the songs or it goes into this sort of slinky attitude packed but really kind of minimal production kind of songs at times as well you're thinking about songs like yummy um i i think this one's definitely you know the horns and the you know the woohoo the call and response kind of thing um you're right it definitely stands alone and it definitely stands out like a um, like a sore thumb on this album in a yeah. really good way. Kurt, what were the moments that you particularly hated? Like, what was the point at which you decided to message me that Orange County girl about Orange yeah. County girl living yeah. living in an extraordinary world? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is one of the worst songs I've ever. It, it, it's up there, like it's just terrible. It's so bad. And obviously the sweet escape goes in between Winded Up and Orange County Girl. Um, early winter is definitely a high point for me. Now that you yeah. got it, it's fine. Four in the morning, good. And then the entire rest of the yeah. album. So the first six songs, you've got the real extremes for me. You've got yeah. Orange County Girl and Winded Up, which are trash heaps. Sweet Escape, yeah. Early Winter, which are smashes. Now that you got it, Four in the yeah. Morning, which are obvious hits, but yeah. don't love them. And then from yummy onwards and then as soon as i heard pharrell's voice i was like i can't do this i'm just like no i can't so So yummy was the one was the point at which i decided i was really enjoying (laughs) oh no i loved yummy and i loved don't get it twisted as well no 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 don't get it twisted it's very Um, bad fluorescent i thought was very good there's there was one song about um her getting pregnant that i found quite funny but um maybe that was don't get it twisted or something wonderful life at the end of it is is like 
is fine, but it just feels like a really. It goes back to that bargain bin fodder idea. It just feels yeah. like a pop song so that doesn't need to Wonderful Life is one of the left. So you started it, and Wonderful Life are the leftovers from Love Angel Music. <coughs> um, well, they should have why stayed. Why those two were the ones that would give that kind of fire in your belly to go back and make another <laughs> album around them? I, I know. Don't understand. Wonderful Life. I is could pointless. understand how winded up you could think maybe you were onto something. Um, yeah pretty groundbreaking yeah um but those two are the most vanilla songs on the record to me 100 percent. so i i don't understand i'm interested to know are you a fan of pharrell's work with ariana grande no yeah thought so that's a fat no see sweetener is my favorite ariana record by a mile and i just think like his production on that is so great I really like the space that he kind of gives people to like really give the lyrics shine and give their their vocal tones and their like the way they pronounce things a lot of room but then there's also these really odd beats but I understand it's like a very polarizing thing in pop that most like hardcore pop fans are not are kind of like keep Pharrell away from our pop stars at all costs. The songs that that Pharrell worked on on Sweetener are my least favourite Ariana songs amongst her discography. But songs like Breathing, wow. where you've got her working with Ilya and Savin Katacha, and yeah. obviously Max working on No Tears Left to Cry, are my favourite ones. Where, where Pharrell stepped away on Sweetener is where my favourite moments came out. It's <laughs> so interesting. This is, exactly, this is where I thought we were going to differ on this Yeah, album, Because yeah. my favourites on Sweetener are Sweetener... Get Well Soon no. and Blazed, which are all Pharrell. Blazed's all right, but no, they're all bad. They're all bad. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Pharrell, but every time he seems to step into a pop project, it just seems to bring out... Yeah, it, it allows... I think there's definitely credit where credit's due for him allowing the space to sort of experiment and the space to sort of yeah. find some new sort of sonic boundaries. Definitely respect that. I just don't yeah. know if those sonic boundaries are good ones that he allows people to The thing to with find. Pharrell is he doesn't... It's very obvious when he's present on a song. Mm. If you think about someone like Jack Antonoff, I think there is some presence, but um, by and large, he gives the artist a lot of space to do what they want to do. I just... Um, on this record particularly, it's very obvious when Pharrell steps in and out. Yeah. Very obvious. Yeah. Um, and I think great if he's doing the entire album, but when you're going to sit a song like Yummy alongside a song like Four in the Morning, mm. and that, it becomes that's very possibly clear where that things there's, fall there's down. a lot of hooks involved. Yeah, yeah. That's def- and I don't think that is a thing that's exclusive to Gwen either. I think that's where a lot of Pharrell-involved projects do fall down, is where, f- where they lose their consistency and they lose their... Um, if, yeah. if, if you're going to make a whole album of Pharrell-assisted weird bangers, great, go for yeah. it. We'll, we'll listen, yeah. we'll appreciate, we'll respect. But yeah, if you're doing getting a couple of Pharrell bits of flair into the record and they're making these sort of middle-of-the-line pop tracks for the rest, which, which I think The Sweet Escape probably is guilty of, um, yeah. then it, it's, it's harder to find the redeeming qualities of that. There's no cohesion here, and there isn't... In, I mean, I think Love Angel Music Baby is iconic for what it did, but 
I think is a full um, front to back album. It's got like plenty of flaws to pick at it. And I think she, Gwen is always kind of flicking between this side that's very like straightforward 80s leaning neon pop and then the really odd Pharrell side. And there's two really distinct sides on this album and Wonderful Life, Four in the Morning, Early Winter are all in that box with like your cools from from Lamb. Um, and then you've got the other side, which is just the the wild stuff where it feels like she's just trying to press your buttons, like um, breaking up and, and yummy and stuff, which fits with the Hollaback Girls and um, Rich Girl and stuff like that. From yeah. Was it Rich Girl? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just struck me that she had Hollaback Girl and Rich Girl. Wow. wow. Two tracks about Lonzo being a girls. different type of girl. A different, wow. The quality got... was alive in the mid-2000s. Where did it go? <laughs> <laughs> For girls of all shapes and sizes, whether you be hollaback or rich. <laughs> Equality for all. Amazing. So I think we should um, dip into a game because we're starting to talk. Oh, the testy pops are back for another one. I know. We're starting to talk about... Um, I'm actually going through puberty at 28 years old. (laughs) (laughs) We're starting to talk about her back Mm catalogue and her future catalogue. So what I thought we could do is I want to put um, uh, Sweet Escape Gwen up against Old Gwen or New Gwen. Like it. So these will be songs from Lamb or um, the other terrible album that was after The Sweet Escape (laughs) up against The Sweet Escape. What was the album after Sweet Escape? I literally cannot it was, tell you that. It was the one she did a lot with um, Julia Michaels and Justin Tran. Oh, before. shit, this of course. This is what the truth feels like. The one a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um... Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. There are a few good songs. And then she did You Make It Feel Like Christmas, which I think of we can course. all agree is a um, really canonical pop record. Absolutely. It really stands up for her. <laughs> Um, you know when the Wikipedia page says the record includes a guest appearance by rapper Fetty Wap in the second paragraph <laughs> of the record's Wikipedia page that it was a real smash. <laughs> she went from Pharrell to Fetty Wap. Jesus Christ. So obviously doing very well for herself. And now she's doing ballads with her husband, um, Blake Shelton, which actually uh, are doing quite well. Anything but with Blake anyway, Shelton on gets, on gets an immediate number one on. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's crazy. Okay, the first one we're going to do is Wind It Up, the lead single from The Sweet Escape, versus Rich Girl, Feet Eve, their second collaboration. Feet Eve, because their first was um, Let Me Blow Your Mind, wasn't it? Yes. One of the greatest Mm. openings to a song ever. Great. Ah. Um, I think that is one song that still hits everywhere. Like that was Pharrell, wasn't it? Is surely still. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe it was their first kind of yeah. foray. Uh, I don't think it was Pharrell because I. Oh, it might have been the, the Neptunes. But um, anyway, we're not talking about that song. But you're right. That that yeah. stands out. And radio programmers, trust me, R and B Fridays in. still loves that song. It's an mm. R&B Fridays staple. Um, of course. Let's So wind it up. The uh, wonderful yeah. uh, Lonely Goat Herd sampling. <laughs> I don't know why I thought I was going to be able to do that justice today when I can barely speak full stop. 
thinking I'm bloody Julie Andrews or whatever her name is. No, that was right, was I think. That? It was. Ding. Oh, um, full points for going full bonkers on Wind It Up, but Rich yeah. Girl still goes and is such a, yeah. such a fun song. She's having a lot of fun. She's being braggadocious as hell, um, thinking about, you know, her, her optimum future. Um, and I just have such an adoration for everything on Love Angel Music Baby. So it will almost always win when we put these records together. Yeah, um, I wasn't thinking there was going to be much competition, <laughs> um, but I thought maybe discussion would ensue. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to place some respect on Wind It Up. And I think, you know, the more and more I listen to it, it was definitely jarring listening back to it yesterday, starting from the top of the album. <laughs> um, but you you raise a really good point. I think it's it provides a very good starting point to set up what this album is going to be, which is it's going to be weird, and it's going to be a little bit daring, um, and then it, at points is not daring, um, but at points is, is very daring and very strange. Um, so yeah. definitely respect where, where, where it's due, but Rich Girl wins every time for me. Yeah. Both were bold, pretty bold, I thought. Mm. Um, like Rich Girl coming off What You Waiting For. She'd obviously made the successful leap into solo stardom, on the first move, which is something that few are able to do well. Um, and then to come off that with Rich Girl, which sounded completely different to what you're waiting for, is very cool. And I remember loving the song when I was a kid and, and thinking that I was starting to really get into hip hop just because I liked the um, come together all over the, the world. world. <laughs> oh, yes. Very strong. Amazing. You know Great what's interesting burst. about... Um, what's interesting about those is um, the they both sample musicals because Rich Girl samples um, oh, If I Were a Rich Man from Fiddler on the Roof. And I will never forget oh. listen, buying the CD single of Rich Girl and playing it at my nan's house and my nan almost being able to sing along straight away because she knew the Fiddler on the Roof version. Um so they both, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that, and oh, We need to get her on the phone and ask her what she thinks of Wind It Up. Oh, she couldn't fucking hear the phone, so I don't think that would be possible. <laughs> her hearing aids are working. be a blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's obviously got this adoration for, for musicals and for, you know, interesting kind of sounds from the 50s and 60s. So that's a, that's that's a really great combination of songs, yeah. That was a long-winded way of me saying, I'm going with Rich Girl as well. <laughs> but... Respect to wind it up for doing yeah. what it was doing at the time. This second one's going to be a hard one, I think. Oh, excellent. Okay. Well, the second one is The Sweet Escape, the revered title track from The Sweet Escape. Revered title track from The Sweet Escape versus What You Waiting For, the, her debut solo single. This is so tough because they're both really, really strong songs. Um, They're so good. I've got a soft spot in my heart for both. The Sweet Escape definitely, um, you know, is a, probably a more obvious hit and a, probably a more obvious... Definitely, you know, yeah. It's got that great call and response thing in it. It's got that gorgeous feature from Akon. Um, it, it still stands up. I know I use that term a lot, but it does. Yeah. Um, what You Waiting For was fast-paced. It was lots of attitude, lots of individuality. Um, and I think on that note, I'll probably go with What You Waiting For 
but only yeah. only by a, a sliver. And I think both of these are her best, two of her best tracks ever. Yeah, I totally agree. What's, I, I haven't decided yet. What's swaying me towards what you're waiting for is just that amazing piano intro before the beat drops oh which is so good but then yeah. what sway me towards the sweet escape is um because you've been acting like sour mcfall on your floor it's your didn't shut the refrigerator maybe that's the reason i've been acting so cold, cold. You can so do i'm gonna go away. with that just because i got it driving up the freeway yesterday si- being able to sing every last little syllable of that like you, that's the thing you can do it yeah it's doable yeah and i don't listen to it on a like i don't choose to listen to the sweet escape no generally, but I maybe i will now i had forgotten about that piano bit because after years of working in radio and playing radio edits they obviously chop off the um oh yeah they chop of off the piano bit but as soon as you mentioned it i was like oh Fuck, it's that's just right. the best as the years go by tick tock yeah Next time I'm at a piano bar, in 10 years' time, I'm going to request that. In 10 years' time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to lie draped across the piano. (laughs) In a a sarong, with a little umbrella hanging out of your mouth. Like a Look cocktail. right now, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm happy with. I'm happy that we disagreed on that. I'm happy that we were yeah. both able to find a more redeeming quality yeah. than the other. Very fiery disagreement. It was. Yes, absolutely. Um, the next one, two of her best. Oh yeah. Ballads, I'll say. Four in the morning, from the Sweet Escape. Yep. Versus cool. From Love Angel Music Baby. Four in the Morning is Gwen in gorgeous ballad territory. And I think yeah. she can do that really like yearning, you know, depressed kind of vocal performance yeah. so well. But cool is just magic. And as you mm. talked about, like that, when she's in that sort of 80s, you know, those really kind of. Um, cool kind of chimey sort of sense. A bit Madonna, sense. it feels to A me. bit Madonna, yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good reference. And and Madonna is another one that can do that really yearning kind of emotive vocal yeah. on a, a slap and pop song um, really well. To me, cool is her nothing else I can say moment, um, if you were to write it <laughs> to Lady Gaga. Um, and also the video of for course. Cool, I think it costs like a million dollars. I'm pretty sure it costs like $1.2 million to make the video for oh Cool. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so opulent and brilliant. Um, and yeah, and that was just such a nice moment. And I think as a young pop fan, obviously Gwen was one of my first pop loves. Um, yeah. Seeing her pivot from, I remember, there's so many weird little memories I have with Gwen. Um, yeah. I remember watching the Today Show and Richard Wilkins was doing, um, he's the entertainment guy in the Australian version, and um, the, he was doing like the little wrap-up of all the entertainment stories. And I remember seeing the cool video, and this is after having seen Rich Girl and What You Waiting For and this loud, brash pop star do like a love ballad, um, you know, like yeah. really adoring her partner. And I was like, oh. She's got layers. She's got range. Um, I know. It was a very vulnerable <laughs> moment for her after. I think so... the single directly before that was Hollaback Girl. So Yeah. Um, it was crazy. And respect to her for jumping between those two extremes. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, got, it's definitely cool for me. I think Four in the Morning is lovely, but I think cool is just Gwen in that softer mode at her finest. 
I remember being, same as you, very blown away by Cool at the time. Um, and I was, I used to be very into reading lyrics. Um, and also somehow as like a very young, um, what, I'm trying, what am I? <laughs> very young, young man. I was just, <laughs> I just couldn't find the word to go after young. I was going to say child. It sounded weird. Um, <laughs> I used to read all the lyrics and the credits and get very cr- cross at, um, the pop stars that would not write their own songs for some reason, which is something I've learned to not give a shit about at all. But I was very impressed that Gwen wrote cool. And also very impressed at the subject matter that it was about, um, kind of like you're being able to be okay with your ex moving on and being um, able to like catch up with his new partner and stuff like that. So I don't know how I related to that as a young kid. (laughs) I'm a little bit embarrassed now that I've even said that. (laughs) That's so funny. Having gone through a terrible breakup at 11, I was very happy that (laughs) my ex had moved on at 14. (laughs) When she moved to a new school. Found a new, That's exactly found it. a new partner. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> the um, tragedy. Anyway, I'm going with cool. Great. I really love four in the morning. I just haven't spoken about it because obviously anyway. I just got, just got taken away by a wave of nostalgia. No, respect, respect. Um, what's our what's our final uh, song game for this one? The final song game is a bit of a dud. Well, it might be easy for you actually. It's early winter yep. and sweet escape. Versus used to love you, co-written by Justin and, and Julia. I off, think um, that album that I still can't. It's got a long name: <laughs> "The Truth, The Love, The Serenity" or some shit. Um, yeah, got a divorce, something like. That. <laughs> got a divorce. Met Blake Shelton. Full album on the name. set of The Voice. Oh, <laughs> all in lower, all in lowercase. <laughs> A couple of commas in between. Um, early winter. Used to love you's fine. It's definitely not the most offensive thing she's ever done, but I love her on early winter and it was a forgotten gem that I loved rediscovering listening to The, the Sweet yeah. Escape again. Yeah, I agree. Early winter really, I did forget it too. It really stood out to me though when I listened back. Another yeah. great ballad moment from Gwen. I agree. That was a lovely game. We're at 40 minutes, by the way, so we should probably... Oh um, shit! I know. I just oh gosh! I just, went to, I just went to put a marker in because I can't. Really gone deep on this. I know. Um, cool. We'll, we'll try and you know try and bring it we'll in. We'll get through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've covered a lot. We've covered what we like. We've covered what we don't like. We've, we've covered Pharrell breakups. We've covered Sweetener. Babies. We've covered Sweetener. Yeah. Kenny Chesney. <laughs> Twice. No, not Kenny Chesney. Have Blake we? Shelton. Kenny Chesney. <laughs> Guy, same country man with a hat. I want to know though. Do you, do you think that um, Gwen left an impression on Pop? Obviously, after the Sweet Escape, she didn't return for a long time. Mm. Do you think that that left a strong enough impe- impression for her to affect the course of Pop at all? Yeah, I would. I would suggest yes. Um, I think if you look at, I mean, even thinking about some of Nikki's more Pop you know, leaning stuff, that kind of weird, bombastic, loud sort of thing. I think Gwen was one of the first to do it in a mainstream pop sense. And you look at folks like Nelly Furtado 
um, you know, who was kind of popping around that time as well. But Nelly went yeah. from um, something like I'm Like a Bird, a fairly inoffensive sort of ballad, to, you know, making songs like Promiscuous. And then you can also yeah. see some of Gwen's influence in Fergie um, as well. And oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So there seems to be a bit of a Basically through line. Basically all the white up. girls trying to do hip hop. Pretty much. And what I was thinking about with Nikki is like, yeah, you know, all the culturally appropriate all the culturally appropriated bits of Gwen um, led into Nikki, led into Nikki doing them. Um, but yeah, who I, I need to say because that was a little bit confusing. We don't think Nicki Minaj is a white woman. No, but. just just sorry that that wasn't very clear at all. Um, it was. I think she set up for a few of the pop girls that came afterwards. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily see it now. Um, any any of Gwen's influence in any of the key pop stars right now? Maybe Katie, yeah. maybe a little bit in Katie, just in terms of being yeah, absolutely a lot in Katie actually. Now yeah. I think about it, it, it like early Katie, um, teenage dream, one of the boys, Katie definitely. Yeah, I think Gwen probably allowed a few of those women to try to try something new and to try louder weirder stuff yeah. than they essentially would have um, otherwise. And I think you definitely see it in Nelly Furtado and I think you definitely see it in Fergie. And then, yeah, when you think about it, there's definitely some elements of that in folks like Katie as well. I think she also put a very heavy emphasis on the pop era. Like I, when I think back, like Madonna to me is my first um, example of somebody who like poured every aesthetic into each of their albums and it served as a world unto its own. Yeah. Um, I think obviously like Britney was the big pop star for us growing up. But to me, like aesthetically, I don't really remember the albums being as cohesive mm. as like say a Gaga Born This Way or um, Katie Teenage Dream. Yeah. In my mind, Lamb stands out to me as the first time I was really seeing that, that era concept being taken and run with and obviously she did it very strongly with the harajuku girls thing on lamb but then also the sweet escape has that kind of like prison runaway i think i wrote down what the cover was um was inspired by and now i can't really remember cocaine a cocaine addict played by michelle pfeiffer in scarface yeah exactly and and she had that whole golden key motif which she had she had the key in the wind it up video and then the key came with her to the sweet escape video where she was escaping from prison with the akon and it was a very like decadent luxurious vision that she had laid out and i think that's like you can't underestimate that she was nailing that kind of thing long before um like gaga really took the era concept and like maximized it even more yeah a hundred percent i think that's a really good analysis um, I think, yeah, looking back at, in terms of how bonkers this, this album was as well, and in terms of how bonkers the aesthetic was, yeah, I don't, yeah. Know, I don't know if it's been matched since. I don't know if the, in terms of mainstream kind of pop stars, I don't yeah, know I'm with the exception of like, really... like Witness possibly. Witness maybe yeah. is there, but you don't remember Art as Pop much of the. Stands out a bit to me as yeah, well as yeah. being intentionally very odd just yeah. to push buttons. That's very valid, but I think it actually, was you know what? When we talked about Art Pop, remember she said that she wanted it to be completely nonsensical and ridiculous. Yeah, and there's a similar vibe that's on um, this record as well. 
in that at points it feels like she's just trying to fuck with you. Yeah, 100%. Um, before we do another game, should we talk about our favourite bit of the album each? Yeah, let's do it. So I reckon for me, my favourite part of this album is is the Sweet Escape song, obviously. I think it just kind of sums up everything great about this album and, and its its loudness, its ability to kind of, you know, still be weird but be within the confines of pop as well. And then I also yeah. love seeing Gwen on something like Early Winter really flex those yearning, sad and and needy kind of vocals um, into, yeah. a, into ballad territory as well. So they would be my favourite, most redeeming parts of this album and definitely yeah. they're the ones that I would go back to again. Okay. And you would go back to them? Yes. Voluntarily? Voluntarily, okay. yes. I, like, right. I, I, actually go on, I actually want to go and listen to Early Winter after we wrap up. Uh, <laughs> like, me too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, my favourite, Four in the Morning, I, I think is just a, a, almost a perfect song. Yeah. Um, very understated and one that only Gwen could really carry through and make it interesting. Yummy, I just love. I think it just stands out to me as just being this <laughs> burst of, like, charisma and character. And, and she's, like, almost, like, free form over Pharrell's beat. She's all over the place. But then they pull it back for this really strong hook um and it's all about like motherhood and still like feeling feeling good in your body and stuff like that in the most like ridiculous way so um i'm gonna go with that and i also think because i keep thinking of it again alongside justin bieber's yummy which is possibly the most boring song of all time we say yummy i think of justin bieber's yummy Every single time. Yeah. Don't you worry. I know. I know. <laughs> it's really I weird. Know. I can't even think of what Gwen's yummy I sounds know. like because I've got, hey, you gonna, yeah. <laughs> oh, but God. I think that Yummy was one of the songs that she kind that kind of almost set the blueprint for this album because it was originally going to be titled Candyland. Right. So, and it, it's funny because if she did that, I bet you the aesthetic would have been almost identical to Teenage Dream. Yeah. So she, Katie's bloody lucky she didn't. She went with the prison bird theme instead. This was a couple of years before Teenage Dream, wasn't it? This was oh six. Um, yeah, well, Teenage Dream was was twenty ten because it turned ten this there week. There you go. Yeah. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Look at you with the facts. So Katie's Katie's still doing Christian bops at this point. Yeah. Wow. Catherine Hudson is still yeah. singing. Like, is is still the songbird of our generation. Um, yeah. sh- now. Let's play another game. I will uh, preface it with it is quite similar to um, the game we played a minute ago. However, it pits different yeah. songs up against a different formation of Gwen. Um, I'm going to give you some okay. Gwen Stefani songs and also some No Doubt songs and get you to choose your favourite oh, out okay. of pair. Yeah. So we're pitting the band against the solo artist. Do you understand the concept? <coughs> yeah. I'm I'm very much around. That's that. that's great. I'm really glad that you could um you could you could work it out. All right, so we'll start with your favorite versus what I think is the best no doubt song. Um let's do Yummy from Gwen Stefani's yeah. The Sweet Escape. I'm feeling yummy head to toe. Versus Hella Good by No Doubt. Ah. Uh, well Hella Good's a classic. A classic. It? It's like an I'm not gonna lie. I I don't think I can argue for Yummy on this, <laughs> on this front. I feel like Hella Good kind of stands up there. Like people would put Hella Good in books about pop music. Where 
I feel like maybe Yummy won't get the same treatment. However, if anyone wants to publish a book by me, I will give a whole chapter to <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> Whoever's writing the Gwen Stefani biography, come to Sam for some critical yeah. commentary. Uh, I would fuck up an all, unauthorised Gwen Stefani biography. <laughs> You'll put it on the shelf next to your Lily Allen biography, won't you? <laughs> So it's going to be hella good for you, is it? Definitely, All right, yeah. That's one point to No Doubt. Second one, I'm going to go Sunday morning from No Doubt. Me. Um, versus Cool. So I'm putting her best Sunday balance. Sunday morning is my favourite No Doubt Wow. Song. And Cool is one of my fave Gwen songs. Oh. So you're really... I've tried some, some good pairings, haven't I? Oh. I mean, for all the reasons we spoke about before, I feel like I just have to go for cool because there are some pop songs, like I reckon that I've got a handful of like maybe 40 pop songs mm-hmm. that I feel like are untouchable and perfect in every way. And I would put cool in there. Mm. So I've got to go cool. Yep. I get that. There's one for Gwen, one for the band. I feel like I'm waiting for you to tell me if I'm wrong or right. (laughs) Correct. You're paused. Thank you. This is an objective game. There's no subjectivity about it. (laughs) Uh, Let's do a slightly more difficult one. Just a Girl, which I believe was their... Was that their first big hit? Just a Girl? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just a Girl. Versus What You Waiting For. Both got lots of attitude. Oh, they're both strong, aren't they? Both very strong songs. Both loud. I mean, I think just naturally I gravitate more towards the sound of Gwen Stefani than No Doubt, Mm -hmm. just from a personal taste thing. So I think I'm going to go What You Waiting For. And also it was was the single I stuck on my wall, so it obviously meant... Next to your little aria chart. Something to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I just, regret saying so much in this episode. I love the concept. Next week we're picking an album that came out like two weeks ago <laughs> so I don't have to dig back into my traumatic childhood. Pull another Jesse Ware out of it. I, I love. I just love the concept of you having the Aria chart stuck up on your wall. It's so funny. I'm going to print it. Yeah, it wasn't just that week. It was every single week. I used to stick it up and then I would take it down the week that obviously when there was a new chart and put it in a folder. Oh my God. Never touched the folder. Never looked through it, but it was there. Archiving. I have a very strong memory of Mario's Let Me Love You doing very well in the top ten. You were a pop historian. I went through a, <laughs> I went through a little phase of that. I, um, I ran, uh, ran a fake EB Games cross-sanity um, out of my um, nan's playroom. Um, so I, yeah. I sort of ran a shop in there. Um, and as part of running the shop, it was EB Games and it was Sanity because all I bought was games and songs. So it was sort of both at once. <laughs> and I would sell things to my brother and sister. And part of that was um, I was would... Was there money exchange? No. Uh-huh. No, you just got the, not got the product. <laughs> no, not very, <laughs> not very profitable. <laughs> We're basically still operating on the same basis doing this for free. <laughs> <laughs> this was... <laughs> Our idea of capitalism was fucked from the start. (laughs) (laughs) 
this is the, this is the model of the interns in Project U. It's just, yeah. Give shit out. You laid it out. It's you laid it out. Free promotion. Your sanity and sanity and EV games hybrid. <laughs> I would get the little the paper every week would print the top ten on the ARIA charts, and I would get that out. I, I wouldn't even cut it. I'd just rip it out and stick it up yeah. at the shop. Um, and I remember a lot of Gabriella Chilmy. I remember a lot of Lee Harding. Oh. Um, and I remember a lot of Veronica's in that chart. Oh, we should do Gabriella Chilmy. Oh, we should. You're watching mm. me. Anyway, we're halfway through a game. Um, yeah, this is why this episode's going to go longer it's than It's 53 the minutes Nolan at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll do one more. Um, let's do It's My Life. Which I'm obsessed with, um, yeah. from No Doubt. Very fun song. I think a later song for them. And a cover, I believe. Yeah. Is it? No, yeah. was it? I'm pretty sure. Not a Bon Jovi cover, but. You're right, it was by a band called Talk Talk. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, a very good cover. Very good cover. Very strong. She was actually a jailbird in the video for that, too. She's got quite a theme. She's got a theme going. Um, yeah. Let's do It's My Life versus Rich Girl for our final one. Ooh. Oh, this is hard. I really like It's My Life. I think I'm going to go with It's My Life. Wow. Two all at the end of the game. Congratulations. Oh, that's good. They both stand up. Both stand up separately. Well done. You know, we did the, we did this to them last week, but I feel like we've got to go right into another game again. Why not? Just because the the time times are ticking. Absolutely. Keep up, guys. Keep up. Yeah. Get switch your um switch your game hack because we're rolling onto my one, which is um finish this lyric. So I'm going to give you lyrics that appeared on the Sweet Escape, and I'm going to give you three options for what a potential end of the lyric is. Jesus. And you will have to guess. Okay, let's do it. The first one is yummy. I knew, you my go, fave. I knew this would be the case. This is a Pharrell line. Mm-hmm. It goes, billionaire boys, ice cream dripping, cross the floor, big house. Then there's a comma. What comes after it? Is it A, pool, B, garage, C, flamingo? Billionaire boys, big house. Big house, flamingo. Flamingo. Flamingos. Flamingo. That is incorrect. God damn it. it. Big garage. Garage? Big yeah. house garage. I knew yes. you'd go for a different one because I knew that like that one was the most vanilla. You know what? Them. It was the way you said it. It was the very Australian way in which you said garage. 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 <laughs> but if you think about the way Pharrell says it, it was like big house. I'm garage. sorry for not mimicking Pharrell. From this big point onwards, I will I will sing the lines like Gwen Stefani. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> I absolutely, will not. I've done enough damage to myself <laughs> this episode. Next one's now that you got it. She says, "Attention, show me your skeletons." And then is it? I fucked this. I was meant to say, attention, show me your, Uh-oh. and then give you the options, but Uh-oh. I've told you. So we'll move on to the uh, next one. I've got the answer. It's skeletons. <laughs> I'm right. Wow. I get Amazing. one point. <laughs> Lucky I prepared one more. Um, don't get it twisted is the next one. She goes, space invaders, turn up all the faders, need a translator, and then does she say, Pete, 
Can you go and get a test? Gwen, why are you acting like that? Stefani, you're wilding out again. Gwen, why are you acting like that? Pete, can you go and get a test? I, I remember this, I remember hearing this yesterday. I remember I remember thinking about this line. I think it's the first one. I think it's Pete, can you go and get a test? Are you gonna lock it in? Gonna lock it in. It's right. Yes! It's the first one. I remember Pete, can you go and get a test? Who the fuck's Pete? I don't know. I remember thinking it was a weird one. <laughs> the only Pete I can think of is Pete Murray, but I doubt she was in he's on, he's seen better days. Him at the time. He's seen better days. <laughs> Pete Yeah, there's no Pete on the album. Um No. What was her husband's name? It wasn't Pete, was it? I don't know. No, no Pete. Anyway, I'll put this in my um, unauthorised It was Gavin Rossdale. Yeah, but not Pete. Not Pete. Mm. Not Kenny Chesney. Anyway, if anyone knows who Pete is, <laughs> email Nick at... <laughs> <laughs> Never email I me. Stopped. I didn't know if you wanted it read. <laughs> yeah. It's on my Instagram bio. It's okay. <laughs> to, to stop people fucking DMing me their fucking music. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, next one's your fave, Orange County Girl. Oh, God. She says, don't want it to end. I want to A, stank some more. B, dance some more. C, drank some more. Don't want it to end. I want to stank some more. Dance some more. Stank some more. I'm going to say dance some more. Mm. Yeah. It was stank some more. Well, I stack money. Which is an example of just like the awkward words she used yeah. that were very like rooted in hip hop and she didn't need to. Again, but cultural anyway, appropriation of a different kind. By the way, I just Googled who yeah. is Pete and now that you got it and the first thing that came up was Pete Murray's video for Opportunity. They, I told you. <laughs> it's fucking Pete I Murray. Knew it. I bloody knew it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Pete, Pete Murray. Murray and Gwen had a child together. He would be, his, he would be her type because she's into these like... Guitar wielding. She is actually men. like rock dog country yeah. acoustic guys. And yeah. they're always tall and stocky and look like they'd be good well, at lighting they, a barbecue. If she breaks up with Blake, we should hmm. put her in touch with Pete. We should. He's probably very happy, happily married with yeah, li- children. Living up in anti vaxxer territory up you in You never know. You never know when you found your soulmate. And two podcast hosts may have just. Found this is why this podcast bloats every week is because we <laughs> hypothesize matchmaking Gwen Stefani and Pete Murray. <laughs> you know that I'm a romantic at heart, as I expressed when we were talking about cool. So why wouldn't I give time on my podcast to talking about two potential I mean, I mean, they would have. Sh- I'm sure they would have shared the aria chart in your room at some point <laughs> along the journey. So, <laughs> I'm gonna find where they did. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I want to do Pete Murray next week now, and 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 just do the whole thing about Gwen Stefani and Pete Murray. Yeah, I like that concept. All the games. This is now a fan fiction podcast. <laughs> this is this is the first video I'm editing, by the way. Let's let's finish the bloody game. <laughs> the ne- the next one I'm doing is um very appropriately titled "Wind It Up," which is exactly what we need to be doing right now. 
So um, <laughs> it goes. This is the beat. This beat is for the clubs and a daddies that mow, b cars that go, c mothers in tow. Mothers in tow. R- repeat the the, op- the options for me. A. Daddies that mow. Yep. B. Cars that go. C. Mothers in tow. Daddies that mow. Daddies that mow doesn't sound right, but it's also could it could be the bonkers. Word. I'm gonna go daddies that mow. It is B. Cars that go. Damn it! I shouldn't have. Daddies that mow would be an excellent line. It would be good. Good writing from you. (laughs) Very good. I know, I'm quite a lyricist, I find, when I do these. Very impressive. Quite a natural. (laughs) Well, that was a great game. That was very good. We do have to wrap up, but I do want to ask you, because I thought about this a lot when I was listening to it, because it is so odd for a mainstream pop record. And I think about the people right now who are making very um, odd pop, like Kim Petrus and Charlie XCX and Mm. those kind of names. Do you feel like if somebody in that space did a record similar to The Sweet Escape today, do you feel like A, the fans would love it, and B, would the critics get it? (sighs) I think there's elements of this that are just so 2006. And there's... minimalism and half-bakedness to the production that's very 2006 and probably wouldn't stand up. Lyrically and, like, attitudinally and from that perspective, like, from the Gwen side of things, I reckon it probably would. And I would love to see something as oddball as this come out. Yeah. Um, I don't know who could be the person to do it, but I would love that. I would love someone yeah. to do something as brash and weird and bold and loud as this. Because we've definitely got those weird, bold, brash pop stars, but they're not doing it in the same way that Gwen was. Um, they're not. And yeah, I even think about like a really odd Charlie moment, like Vroom Vroom, and even that doesn't push it as far as what Gwen pushes no, it on. No, it's still very sort of, yeah. It, it, it's still, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus kind of sitch. Interesting to note too, Gwen um, hooked back up with Pharrell in 2014 and they did two records together, Baby Don't Lie and Spark This Fire. Mm. And I'm sorry, no, they didn't. It was Benny Blanco Mm. and Ryan Tedder. Mm. Spark This Fire was Pharrell. Mm. However, they didn't hit at all. No. So I wonder why the time for that kind of music has passed when music has gotten weird or maybe it hasn't maybe mainstream music hasn't Uh, really possibly also thinking about the fact that pop is ageist and Gwen was 44 when those songs came out potentially it didn't quite hit hit the same similarly in vain we talked about you know the potential influence on Fergie and then when Fergie came back with some arguably very strange songs um, yeah, <laughs> milf money. <laughs> with milf money, they also didn't yeah. hit because it, it did feel a little bit daggy and forced. Um, you know, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's like you want, you want to, you want these artists to come back and do the same thing again because they were just such great moments, and you think they've got it in them, but sometimes you just can't yeah. recreate the magic of that moment. Um, 
and the magic of when artists were less transparent and less, you know, everything was a little bit more sort of done behind the scenes and then you get it. Whereas now it's such yeah. a sort of such a sort of instant exchange and such a a, a, a sharing process that you see a yeah. little bit too much of it before it actually drops, and you see too much of the artist's private life publicly. Yeah. So you don't get the characters you used to. I think is probably a part yeah. of it. So therefore, it yeah, becomes a little bit forced. Very true. When you when you get yeah. to know an artist's personality from a private perspective. Um, yeah. Yeah. What a linguist. That's very good. What a linguist I am. That's, yeah. Well, I can't beat that. Ending on the so word, that yeah. Might be a good note to end on. Beautiful. Love this we'll let, for us. We'll let you go out on top this week <laughs> because listening to this record was such a painful experience for you. But no, I will go, I'm going to go and listen to Early Winter whilst I get ready for the day. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go bump There you go. You've come around. I have. I always um, do. Well, let's wrap this up. But firstly, if anyone has Pete Murray's number, <laughs> send it to me and I will make sure he meets Gwen. We'll get it across to her. Um, hit follow if you're on Spotify. Hit subscribe and give us a rating if you're on Apple Podcasts. Um, we definitely read them every week and we definitely make sure yep. that they're there as I open my phone to see if we've had any reviews in the last couple of weeks. Um, I can never find them. I don't know how to use Oh, it's such a, it's such a pain podcast. in the ass to find them. Here we go. I'm going to scroll all the way to the bottom. Um, so many bops, and I've probably read this one already. So many bops and deep cuts finally getting the attention they deserve. The games are also very good. Love your work, Nick and Sam. Thank you, Kate Pat. Right. Thank you to Kate Patterson for that one. I think you have read I think I, Maybe I'll read that every yeah. week. <laughs> so can someone go and leave a new one so we've got some new content to go on? I'll read that one every week. Um, have, a lo- yeah. have a lovely <laughs> week, guys. Bye. Bye.